Welcome to Real Talk JavaScript, the weekly talk show with advice and insight into the technologies and practices currently being used to build web applications in the real world. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Wallen, and John Papa talk to industry experts about their experiences writing, deploying, and maintaining web applications in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Real Talk JavaScript. This is episode 42, where we talk about how you can choose your JavaScript framework, library, tool, or thing, based on however you want to call it. Uh, and I've got my great co-hosts on this week. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. It's Ward Bell and Dan Wallin. Just the three of us. We can make it if we try. Is that, is that the song? Yeah, that's uh, that's the song, Dan, and you sing beautifully. Yeah, I, well, that's a given, Ward. It is a given. <laughs> so I definitely defer that. here. Ward is definitely the crooner of the three of us. Yeah, Ward could do that one better. It's not a matter of doing it better. It's a matter of doing it with the passion to which you bring all such things, Dan. Like commit, in other words, because I was just reading an article about committing to something like that, where you, you just go all it. out. Commit, yeah. you know. So guys, recently we've been talking a lot about, gosh, it seems like this topic never goes away, but I, I feel like some things have shifted in the industry on how we can choose our JavaScript framework over the last six months or so. Like there's been a shift in the tides on how we do this. Uh, and that's why we, we were thinking maybe we can talk about this a little today and share our thoughts on how each of us looks at these different tools and which tools we actually look at, uh, whether we should even look at a tool in the first place. Maybe just kind of offer some of our perspective to folks on how we look at these things. What do you say? Why not, John? You know what I say, John? Since we've already talked about it and agreed to do this, I think we should stick to it. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, my. It's going to be one of those episodes, folks. You can't, you can't slap me. I'm in Arizona. John's in Florida. He can't reach that far, so I'm safe. No, no. And as we all know, even if we were together, I'd still have to jump on top of a ladder to reach you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we were going to talk about this and let me just throw this out there when we're looking at how, how to choose your javascript framework first of all what is the to me the most compelling thing you have to look at wow does it do anything you want <laughs> <laughs> My it, detail. yeah or you're just doing it to be cool i don't you know i actually that we can chuckle but uh what are you going to get out of it is is uh, as opposed to just writing it in vanilla JavaScript is probably the place to start. What exactly is vanilla JavaScript word? Uh, well, uh, it's not my favorite flavor. I prefer chocolate or strawberry, but I vanilla JavaScript is JavaScript is the JavaScript you get in the browser. It's already there. You don't have to download, install, or do anything. Uh, it's just sitting there ready to wait, go. Wait, wait, wait. We can just use JavaScript without tools? I, 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 it, it shocks all of us, but it is, that is possible. Just, that's, yeah, that's a mind-blowing concept. Uh, this may astonish you if you've thought that you had to use jQuery for everything, which uh, an extraordinary number of people still do, um, uh, which is not to knock jQuery, which had, uh, at a time when we had such diversity uh, in browsers, was so essential for uh, enabling us to do things in a sensible way across browser. But but now these days, um, so much. Uh, I still see people reaching for JavaScript. I'm sorry for for jQuery when they could just use modern JavaScript to reach into the DOM and do whatever they're trying to do. Yeah, the most common ones I see is they're trying to find some element in the DOM, and they pull in jQuery to go search for it. And instead of that, they could use uh, some of the JavaScript DOM object and functions. And the insidious way in which this happens is there's some, maybe there's some control suite you've read about by some vendor or you know, something like that, and that vendor hasn't made the commitment to get over to modern JavaScript. And so you bring in J uh, jQuery along for the ride in order to use this massive library. I see that a lot. Insidious. I love how you, you drop to... these words on us, Ward. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know the most insidious, to stay on the theme, example of that I've ever seen? You've, you've heard it. the story. John, it was a huge company who contracted out an app. Um, one of the frameworks or libraries we're going to talk about actually today. And whoever wrote it obviously knew nothing about the framework. And so I open up this component 
and it was, I think it was 4,400 lines of code first off, which is, you know, you're going about average, about average, right? You're going, (laughs) okay. And then the second thing was it was jQuery throughout the entire thing. Uh. it, It used zero of the framework. They literally just wrapped jQuery in this, framework component concept and i just went wow okay. but they ticked the box because it said you have to use angular right so that's exactly right <laughs> sigh 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 uh, yeah that was one of those you just you go boy okay let's what can we do to fix this so so let, let's start there i mean ward you mentioned something i think is really good and i know we're kind of joking about well does it do the job for you but i think a lot of times people look at these things now with the frameworks like view react Angular, maybe even things like Svelte, uh, Ember, whatever it happens to be. And they try to look at that and go, well, which one is best? That's what I hear a lot. Which one should I use? Which one is best? But doesn't that mean something different to everybody? It, it, certainly, it certainly should. Uh, and it also depends on what problem are you trying to solve. I wouldn't use any of them if I had a simple one-pager, right? Why would you do that? I, I might actually. Would you? I might. If I was doing a one pager, I might actually use something like Vue. I think it depends on what you're doing, though. Yeah, it would. Um, you know, a good example: if it's purely I'm taking data from the server and I'm dumping it out, then I would question: Do you even need JavaScript at all? Why not just have the server render it if there's no user yep. input? Exactly. Um, whereas. If it was a one pager and you're collecting data and things, and now you need maybe data binding and validation of that, then then absolutely, I I would agree that that could make sense. Yeah, that's one of the places I find that I miss Angular JS version one a little bit is the simplicity of just grabbing a script tag, throwing it on the page, and doing a little bit of JavaScript because you need a little interactivity, and you didn't even need a whole app. Uh, and to me, Vue.js kind of fills that void for tiny small stuff, uh, as does quite frankly, plain old vanilla JavaScript. Um, yeah, and and I, I think the other frameworks are rushing to be able to meet that kind of simplicity too because they would they don't want to leave um, the, uh, the small app space to view, uh, and nor should they. Um, by the way, that leads us to another common error, which is, oh, view is only good for the little oh, stuff. Yes. Right? Um, not true. Not, I don't think... That's not true of any of them. Just because it's good at small things doesn't mean it's not good at big apps. That's absolutely true. Great point, Ward. Right. So we can't say, well, you you know, just use this framework for X size or something like that. I just don't think that's a a, a reasonable criteria. Now break from our word from our sponsors. Are you building a web application? Need to deliver it soon and don't have the people to do it? Maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it. And maybe we can help. I'm your host, Ward Bell, and my day job is building applications for companies like yours. I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, NGRx Redux on the front end, and .NET and Microsoft technologies on the server. We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know, we can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, shoot us an email at info at ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show. And we're back. So what do you think each one excels at, Dan? Well, so going, let, let's back up a little and go back to what you started this with, which is kind of how what would lead you to choosing one. So I did a post. When did I do this? I was just looking it up. It was 1950, actually. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> a while ago. But anyway, 2017. Wow. That's a long time ago. I'll put it in the show notes. But it was titled Choosing the, quote, Right JavaScript Library Framework. And it's not about that there's one choice, of course, because I don't believe in that. Um, But some of the things I went through was, number one, do your users care? The answer there is probably not. When's the last time, like, you know, hey, mom, how's it going? Oh, hey, Dan, uh, you know, what framework did you use for that new app I just tried? Like, when's the last time that happened from a user? I don't think so. 
my big things were these, though. What makes you the most productive as a team? And I do think that matters a lot. What's the maintenance story for that team? What's the longevity? And I know Ward, I think maybe it was a little earlier today, that came up um, with something we were talking about. And then just some other things you can go with there for different options, you know, View, React, Angular. Uh, are you targeting mobile? What third-party options are available? Um, and then my last one was, do you really need a library framework? And I think there are a lot of cases where you do. I'm not a fan of the um, let's reinvent the wheel. And even though Ward has this great option out there, it's like, nah, I can do it better, you know, and deal with all the security challenges and secure uh browser challenges and things like that. So for me, it comes down to kind of as a team, because I end up working with a lot of teams. If we were to sit down and say, okay, first off, which of these tools can do the right job? Now, it, the big three, of course, we've already mentioned some of them would be, you know, Angular, React, Vue, not in any order, by the way. Uh, Preact, maybe, you know, even some circles are using that. And then you have smaller ones. Uh, is it, am I saying it right? Is it Svelte, guys? Yep. Um, which is actually pretty compelling if you just need that one page type thing that John was talking about. And my big thing is if we sit down as a team, um, first let's build a prototype of what we think we want to use. A simple thing, but enough to prove that we can work on this if we're new to it, you know? Because I think until you've taken the time to just do really, really baby step. Trusting someone else is always a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't trust me, John Ward, or any of us until I've done it myself. You know, it's not because I don't trust those guys because I do. So, so effectively, don't listen to this podcast. Try it yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're actually let's, being uh, serious. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. It's yeah. uh, you know, there's too many people. I think that you hear somebody, you know, they a blog post or somebody talks at a conference or whatever it may be, and then it's like, oh, we should use that. And come to find out, that was actually a horrible idea for your app because, you know, as you hear me say a million times, guys, right tool for the right job. So that's my well, five cents. So I Let's would like touch to on some of those different ahead. pieces that he, uh, that, he, that he brought up. And we were talking about these things like, you know, you mentioned, well, which one's right for the job? Well, how do you know? You say, which one's good for longevity? Well, how do you know and why do you care? Uh, I'd love to hear both your thoughts on those things that you dove into. Well, well um I first of all, I would stipulate from my observation of the of the scene that um, and, and right now we're talking about the fr application uh, browser uh, client application uh, frameworks or platforms or whatever the heck they yep, want to call front end days. tools. Um, uh, I you can build anything with React View or Angular for sure. Uh, and that's true also some of the others you mentioned, but then you start getting into a, a, a critical criterion, which is how many people are using this thing? And is it backed by um, a company or some organization that's going to, or some, what reason do you have to believe that this thing will still be um, vital, not just around, but vital? Five Why is that important though, work? Because I'm making an investment when I build an application. And although I no longer believe that you make an investment in an application that should live 10, 20, 30 years, I do believe it should live five. <laughs> so so uh, I got to be able to say, you know, in, in five years from now, will, will, this, will the thing I'm building on still be alive, involving, and thriving? Uh, will people still be wanting to start new? Here's another, you know, would somebody start a new project in that thing? They, it, forget about whether they had to maintain an old one with it, right? Sure. Would I start a new project with jQuery? No, I wouldn't. Would I, but today, would I start a new project with React View or Angular? I sure would. Will that, what will it be in five years? Will it be something else? There might be, but I have, I have confidence that, um, that those three things will still be uh, a, a basis for starting a new project. And so that means they're alive. Dan, I really liked how you kind of thought about this and explained things. Um, and Ward, I, I appreciate how you're talking about like why you should care if it's going to be around. And I think these are things that we really need to dive into because even though I hear that, and I say those things myself, a lot of times I hear back from people, yeah, but which one do I use? Which one? 
You know, I hear that Vue is only good for small things. I hear that React is just JavaScript, so, you know, I don't really need anything else. I hear that Angular is, uh, you know, TypeScript, so I have to learn a whole new thing to understand it. Uh, and I feel like some of these things, while there's bits of truth in them, that's like the tip of the iceberg for those topics. So how do you really explain to somebody when they're starting a project? Let's pretend we're talking with a team who's about to start a project, a greenfield new project. How do you talk them through the things they need to think about to choose one of these? Yeah, and that's, it's a, I mean, it's a great question. And the short answer is there is no one answer, of course. You know, it's very subjective. It's a very gray area. But I end up doing this a fair amount. And usually what we end up doing is if the team feels like, uh, for instance, they're, they're very good at frameworks. Um, and I know framework, we kind of, I think you started off saying this, but it's a very, I don't know, fluffy word. It could mean a million things. To some people, a library is a framework and you know, a framework is a library to others. But by framework, I mean, um, you know, they might have a lot of backend experience, for example, and they've done uh, .NET or uh, Java Spring or something like that. And they're pretty used to having these robust APIs. Uh, they're very used to kind of a structured coding paradigm then I think that can help narrow down some of it. Because now if you go, well, we're really good at frameworks and maybe Java, let's just say as an example, but we've never done JavaScript. Well, first off, is it worth the jump to even do it until you're good at JavaScript? Because you know, until you've got to that point, you might be risking a whole bunch. Just kind of one of those, you don't know what you don't know. If, you, if nobody on the team really has done that much, if everything's been server side, for example. Um, so we'll kind of talk through that. Uh, then for a lot of those folks, TypeScript comes into play and works really, really well because they're kind of used to these strongly typed languages like Java or .NET or others. And then that leads to the discussion of, okay, so here's, here's kind of some options for you. If you want more of a frameworky API fill, my personal take on that is Angular is great at that. Um, it's very, very structured maybe uh, too much to an extent at some points with modules and things. But once you understand it, it's very much like learning Java packages, .NET namespaces, uh, you know, DLLs, jars, things like that. Then you have the next kind of one where, well, we don't have all backend developers that know frameworks. We have kind of a mix. We have, uh, we'll call them diviners, uh, developer designers. And they know HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and that's it. So com completely reversed now. Well, now how easy is it for them to come up to speed on a more frameworky, you know, concept? And so anyway, those are the things. Now a lot of teams they're either one or the other. They have you know very awesome uh, framework type skills already on the team, you know, years and years of experience, or they have a ton of front end experience already. And I think that really does matter. Now, could you choose, for instance, uh, let's go say React? If you're more of a frameworky, that's a new word apparently, um, framework type background, and again, server side framework, I mean. And the answer is absolutely yes. You know, and same for Vue. Um, it really depends on how, I guess, structured of an approach you want, though, because with React, it's kind of like you can do whatever the heck you want. You could choose, you have extreme flexibility. And some people love that. But for some enterprise teams I work with, they want more of a, hey, we want kind of one way or maybe just a few ways to do it, not a million ways to do it, um, because they may not have a style guide or something in play. So we'll kind of talk through those things. Um, now, for a lot of the folks that I'm seeing these days, given that I'm uh, not exactly, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm only about 28 now, but, um, right, John? <laughs> sure. Sure. Ward, where are you? 24? Uh, right. 20, yeah, that's it. You're, you're much older than I am. <laughs> anyway, you know, given that I, and I'll have to admit it's fun, I get to work with a lot more folks that are kind of straight out of school now. Um, Two-year-olds, three-year-olds, yeah. <laughs> two, right. Straight out of kindergarten, you know, or preschool. Um, you know, for them, um, a lot of those folks don't have that, again, what I keep coining frameworky skill set. And so for some of them, I think, uh, for instance, just 
what is the easiest, um, less, you know, cars in the, in the road to avoid approach. And it's probably going to be Vue.js or React, in my opinion, in that case. But there's just less concepts to learn. Um, but that's the thing. If you don't, to wrap up here, because I get a little long, I realize. Um, if you don't uh, do, whether it's a prototype or at least sit down and take the time to have these discussions, and instead you're just going off one person who maybe they're the team lead or just somebody who's louder than the rest, that's probably be a really, really bad recipe for success, you know, versus let's get feedback from team members, meaning the team, uh, maybe even multiple teams. If you're like when you were at, at some of the big corporations, John, you've been at um, so that we can have some consistency, maybe. Then I think in the long run, you might go down the, you know, a rabbit hole, come back up and be like, yeah, OK, that works, but this one over here seems like maybe it's a little easier for us. Right tool for the right job type thing. So anyway, that's kind of the discussions I like to have is, you know, what skills do we have? How can we apply those to the existing options out there? And in some cases, the skills don't really translate necessarily. So it's a little bit more of a, you know, flip a coin and pick what you think's best. Well, and plus, if you're using React, View or Angular already, to me, you have to have a pretty darn good reason to switch to one of the other ones. Because yeah. you've already got skills on your team building stuff. You've got code bases that you're using. You have CI processes that you've built around it, testing frameworks that you're using with it. You've got third-party libraries and NPM modules you've built for it. There's all this knowledge that you're already moving on the train. The syntax is easy throughout the three of these, in my opinion. It's the whole world that you're learning. And to me, if you're already doing one, you really need to have a compelling reason to switch to another one. Uh, that's that's where I start with these. I try to dispel the rumors of, or the thought of, oh, well, you know, I hear that one of these is more popular than the others these days. I, I got to jump chain right now. Why? If you've got functional knowledge. With that goes people blaming the framework for what's a bad application. And so they often jump frameworks. Because, <laughs> you know, that, that project was a, f- a failure. It must have been because you used Angular. So I'm going to go to React. Or to view or something. You know, I, I've seen that a few times. And, you know, and you're oh, making yeah. me heated now, Ward, because you know I've been told this many times by many different other tools and manufacturers, that naming names, where I get really upset about one thing. And that's when they say, well, you can't write a good project with JavaScript. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? I can write crap, let's just say it that way, <laughs> with any language or framework that's out there. You know, you can't tell me that there it that JavaScript or... Uh, C Sharp or Java or PHP, that any of those is bad. You can write garbage in anything. Absolutely. To me, when people start with that argument of, well, you know, JavaScript promotes bad behavior, you can't write a good app, it's not even a conversation I want to have anymore because people are going into that conversation with uh, a bias of, I'm just not going to like anything you say. I I totally agree. If you already have the expertise, then, you know, stay with the horse you're on because they're all good horses and they're all going to get you there. Um, but don't horses you, die after a while? <laughs> Depending <laughs> on which track you're on. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, but we've just said, we just asserted that these three have the best chance of uh, still being vital three years, uh, five years from now. So, sure. that, that, so again, if they're going to die, they're not going to die in the time frame that's going to matter. Um, so the, don't you, do you actually get that question about which one should I, what, what I use from people who um, are already using one of them, or do you get it from people who are just making the move to front end? So for me, uh, and Ward and John, since you've done a lot of conferences as well, yeah, I mean, I do get both, but from a company standpoint, it's always generally the people that have not done one of those three. Um, and so they're trying to kind of choose it. Whereas I agree, I agree with you, if you, you know, if the company's already, uh, which is a, a great way to, make a decision. If the company's already doing, for instance, React and the team's very happy with it, that might be a great thing to jump on that horse using whoever started this um, because now you have that knowledge to fall back on. Right. You know? Those people, the people who are already in one are usually saying, am I on the, am I riding the wrong horse? They're fa- they're afraid because they heard something about how Angular is going to disappear or views only for children or you know react is uh, only for facebook you know there are you know somebody is always making some noise 
and it causes um, people who have have a, who are currently in a framework and who are de- you know to be in a framework is to be deeply aware of how that framework sucks. All right, let's just be clear about that. Yep. You, 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 all your your mind is constantly reeling with oh no oh that's horrible and you just you're filled with self doubt. So all you need is somebody to come along and say oh it's really better over there in view. It's they got that one easy over there in React. Oh Angular they got that all. And you start thinking man. I bet the, on the wrong thing, and I—I I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not ready to play that game. No, no, I'm not either. And I agree. I think it's—I call it the loud minority or the vocal minority. And honestly, the three of us are part of that. It's the people out there in the social media world and in the conference world and on the open source world who are talking about the latest, greatest, newest thing, while 99.999 percent of the world who's doing development is just trying to keep their stuff moving. You know, they're not caring about that niche edge case that one of us might be complaining about. I think sometimes we do a disservice to the, the masses by saying, you know, oh, man, there's this new thing and you got to use it. If you're not using it, then, you know, you're just not a good person. It's, well, it's I think that's silly. where you guys, though, for specifically referring to John and Ward, um, I don't think you guys do that. Um, and I definitely try not to because, like I said earlier, you've heard me say a million times, John, and stuff we've done, you know, right tool for the right job. Yep. Because I truly don't believe, you know, the analogy, which is stupid, I admit, and John, you've heard this, and Ward, you've probably heard it too, but is, you know, walk into a, a shoe store and say, I'd like some running shoes. And then when they ask you for the size and the brand and all that, say, oh, I don't care. I'll take anything. You know, the one size fits all. And it's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Good luck with the blisters. No, I end up with clown shoes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. You get clown shoes. <laughs> um, and I think it's the same thing with these uh, frameworks and libraries out there because, you know, I've been looking lately just because it definitely has been coming up more in some of my Twitter circles. It's felt because it's very, very minimal code to, to write full-on components and, and do some pretty cool stuff. Um, and I, so I've been just more exploration, I guess you could say, not something I'm going to jump to, but pretty compelling because they actually kind of compare, here's what it would be in react. Here's what it would be in view. You know, here's what it is in, in, uh, Svelte. And that's one of those things though, where I don't hear you guys saying, oh no, Dan, you shouldn't use, you know, react anymore because felt so cool or whatever. I think we're, well, I think we try to be more in the crowd of, Here's the options. And John, you've done some talks on this recently, I know. Where you didn't you compare all three in one of your Yeah, talks? I put a link in the show notes to to the comparison of React, Angular, and Vue that I did. And you have uh, GitHub repos, right? For all three too. I do. Uh I'll put links into that too as well. Yeah. I have two of them. I have React and Angular, the same app. I haven't converted to the Vue one yet, but having done uh, John and I did a, a Vue workshop uh when was it? About a month ago or so. In, yep. Uh, uh, Dev Intersection in Orlando. And uh, it it's pretty cool to work with. And that's why I recommend prototyping so much. You know, like Vue is very simple to get started with. Um, and But yet it's powerful enough that you could build full-on apps with it. And it's just amazing what you can do once you understand how the framework works. And I think that's the whole... Um, Big point, I guess, to emphasize here is if you haven't taken the time to learn about what I love to call the Lego blocks, you know, all the pieces you can use in that given library or framework and understand at least the high level ones, how they fit together, then I don't think you're qualified to make a decision on that library or framework. You can't just go what someone else said. Yeah, you really can't sit there and tell me that you've used one of those. Let's say it's Angular. You know, Dan, you're known for Angular, so am I. You've used Angular. You can't just say, I've only used Angular, therefore Angular is the best thing in the world, and you no. can't use React or Vue. No. You have to really try all three of these to understand that, quite frankly, my assessment's been, you can build any app with any of these three. There isn't an app I've ever built in my entire career, 400 years I've been doing this, because I am really <laughs> old, that uh, I couldn't build with any one of these three. You know, would have had a different experience with each one? Sure, certain parts. And I'd like to actually spend just a couple of minutes here going through some specific technical aspects with you folks. Um, so friends, Dan and Ward, I'm going to shout out a couple different features that these different frameworks have. And I just want to talk for, you know, a minute or two about each one. 
on how these things work with the different frameworks. I mean, so let's say I ask you, or someone asks you, how can I do routing with any of these three frameworks? First of all, they all do it. But how does routing work, and what's the differences between these three? Any any thoughts? Well, to be honest, actually, when it, uh, on that particular dimension, Ang- Angular's router is the only one I know uh, well enough to talk about, and and so the things that I like about it are, you know, I like some of the reactive stuff that's threaded through it, so that I can see very easily, monitor what the router is doing, and make decisions on it, and I like the guards that that govern when you enter what happens when you enter and exit components i find the syntax obscure and hard to i i since i after all these years i still can never get it right it must be hard to do and i, I, I agree. wonder and i wonder if the others are are have some advantage in that um but uh you know i i find it to be um a capable router and um Oh, it's hard, uh, harder to animate now if, than I think it should be uh, in Angular. And I wonder, about, I wonder how animation uh, works with Vue and your React uh, alternatives. Uh, uh, but um, so, you, you know, to know, knowing it as well as I did, I can tell you all the things that I find difficult about it. And I just don't know whether those are as, as difficult elsewhere or that the other ones have their own set of problems. But it has a router. I know it. It's a beast. I know. It's a very powerful router, right? So succinctly, I'd say Angular's got a very powerful router, does a lot of things. But I agree that some of the syntax is a little weird, uh, sometimes convoluted, uh, you know, but does it do everything I need? Absolutely. Uh, animations, I agree. I think it's painful to do animations with the routing in Angular, uh, and it wasn't in Angular 1, which kind of, I think, was our initial reference point. With Vue, I f- uh, there's one main router with Vue. There's lots of you know third-party ecosystem ones, but the Vue router, I feel, is quite simple. It feels a lot like, uh, what was the router in AngularJS that everybody used? Um, Just the Angular router, I think, JS. Yeah, not the one that Angular did, but the, no, the oh, other yeah, one. Yeah, 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 the other one. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. You're right. It's that one. It's like the other one. Yes, <laughs> but it's very simple. UI uh, router. And, yeah, UI router and UI and animations are super easy with it. You can still do uh, things like you know guards and events and stuff uh, with the view one. I don't feel like the API is as robust as the Angular one, but I haven't yet found something that I really struggled with um, with Vue. React, this has been interesting. So I started with the React Reach Router, which is by a friend of ours, Ryan Florence. Uh, It's called the Reach Router. And I put the link here in the show notes. It works really well. And then I tried another one. I realized there's another really big router people use called the React Router. So I kind of played with both, and I ended up, sorry, Ryan, using the React Router. Uh, But this was a point for me that I was like, I'm not really sure why there are two. You know, it, it got to, and then I started discovering there were some others, and uh, I felt like I just needed to pick one. I didn't care if they're both great. Let me just pick one and move along. Uh, and once I got past that hurdle, quite frankly, I found both of those routers, uh, the Reach one and the React router, were, were both did everything I need as well. So, Just saw literally yesterday a new one come out, John. Uh, I can't remember the name. It starts with a W, if, if I remember right. Uh, I can't remember the name. But anyway, that you know adds some new feature. And, and to go back to the decision-making tree, if you will. Yeah. I think this is a point that regardless of which you choose, and there's other options out there again, not just the three we're focusing on. um, If you as a team haven't kind of solidified what are we going to go with for, for instance, in React, there's many options, way more than there are for, say, Angular, because Angular's is just kind of super powerful out of the box. So you don't really need, you know, a third-party one. And to be fair, they React would argue that it's got a lot of stuff out of the box that you don't need. Yeah, well, and that's probably true. I think that's, yeah. especially on a smaller app, I think that's a totally valid point. And that's why um, we're talking about Angular, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And so I think for me, that that's a perfect use case, though, or, or scenario where, since we're talking about deciding on these, have you actually analyzed the different options out there? Now, for me, I'm with you. React Router gets the job done, and it's a little more core. I, I tend to stick with anything that's more core uh, because you just never know. You know, Today, React whatever router is popular, let's say, and then next thing you know, that project's been deprecated because the developers got bored with it or something. 
So I'm, I'm a fan of let's stick with as few dependencies as possible. Um, and when we do have to have a dependency, what's the most like, what's closest to the framework or library as possible, especially if it's managed by the team. That's a plus in my opinion. Um, but knowing the options is like so important because the problem I've seen, uh, there's a particular company that's huge, huge, huge company here in the US and they have Angular and React um, in the company, which is pretty normal when you have you know lot, large number of teams and things like that. And uh, I know one of the challenges they had though on the React side anyway, was because there's different teams using React, not all of them kind of solidified on the same uh, dependencies, which you know is normal because you have different teams. And with no leadership above that at all, they all kind of fragmented. And now the challenge is maintenance um, because you know people switch teams, people leave jobs, new hires come on board, contractors get involved, you know, on and on and on. And if you don't have that, um, you know, John, you kind of started this really big with AngularJS, that team style guide of, hey, here's what we're using for all of our apps. Um, I think it's a recipe for disaster to have a team where app A, okay, we're going to use you know X, Y, and Z, but for app B, we're going to use P, Q, R, S, T, you know, or whatever, um, because I think you got to look at the maintenance story, you know, down yeah. the road, and who's going to support this. Well, that's one of the things about React. The this is a this you know, there's things you can say that are true about frameworks. These frameworks, um, and one of them is that there's this cultural difference about. How much is in the box, and and uh, and how much is prescribed, and how much isn't, and that goes. To you patterns. have nailed the main issue right there. Ward. Yeah, Keep going, and, and 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 that goes to patterns as well, and the laying out of the project, and what you know, uh, it goes. It it's not only what's in the what what what's in what is React or what is a React app, but also how do I even write one, and how do how do I uh, glue the pieces together. There is such diversity there uh, in React, and that is part of the culture. That is considered a plus within the culture. And that's and if not that feels a like, bad thing. You no, know, if that no, feels like a plus ball. to you, then go with it. But it does, if if your mindset is, wow, I've got to fit into a large enterprise organization, and I have to be able to uh, swap people in and out, uh, and I have to have somebody able to, you know, every time I bring a new person on the team, are they going to be able to look at the app and understand how it's put together? All of these things are going to be part of your challenges because you're going to have to do something special to address those. It, yeah, it doesn't mean you can't in. use React at those no, orgs it just because we know like our friends in Netflix use it. Yeah, it just yeah, means yeah. you have to be aware of that. You're going to have to put energy into that yeah. challenge. You need to have some leadership, to be honest, that is on top of making sure we have some consistency. Because if you have no consistency, that's where I've seen these teams get into trouble. And it's not because React or Angular Review is bad. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with exactly what uh, Ward or John, actually, you just said it, where people come on the team and they're new. How And, well, as you just mentioned, Ward, how quickly can they come to speed on it? And if your answer is, oh, well, you know, three to seven days, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. That's probably too long. <laughs> you know, if they know React and you hire them because they know React or Angular or Vue, they should just be able to be productive almost immediately, you know, once they understand at least the architecture of the app. And if I come in, I, I come in and look at John's thing and you've got that, re, you, you said, hey, Ward, i got an Angular app here. And I, I go in there, I can like it or hate the router because you picked that as the first feature. I can go in there and I know, at least I know what you're doing. I don't have to say, oh my God, if it's, it's, if it's router A, I'm lost. I got to start over. I know what I'm going to find. Every, I, when I open up your application, I know where everything's going to be. I know what, how it's going to be written. Uh, I can find my way around. It's like easy peasy. If you're so, consistent, yeah. But well, but it's hard to be inconsistent in Angular because we're in Angular. We're pretty prescriptive. People still manage it. Let's be they, fair. They they do, but it's a it, it, there's a degree of difference here that turns out to be a difference of kind. So let's do the turn back clock word because yeah. you're referring back to the Angular JS days in my head. That's what I'm thinking of when you're talking about this of when the three of us were sent an email by Igor Minar. That said, hey, there are 45 different yeoman generators out there right now that will generate an Angular project from scratch. And we're evaluating which ones we feel are the way we should start a project. And this is before CLIs really existed for these front-end tools, or at least for Angular, React, and Vue. And I remember looking at these going, oh my gosh, there's so many ways to start a project. And I remember the Angular team saying they took a stance of we want to be the opinionated framework. 
We want to have a consistent way we recommend. Not saying you can't do it another way, but I, I feel like the cultural differences that you mentioned are so huge in this. And that's really the one thing. If I point to the one thing. It's really different. That's it. If it you're is. the kind of person that likes to choose your own adventure, that's okay. But React is probably more for you. If you're the kind of person who wants a guided path, that's okay too. And, and Angular's for you. And if you want somewhere in the middle, I feel like Vue kind of hits a little of both. And none of these three really is going to lead you down a bad path. No, that's the thing. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, when's the last time your, your dad called you up, John, and boy, and goes, wow, that app I used, that, you know, it looked like it was Vue. I'm so glad they wrote that app in Vue. I mean, the end user. Yeah, you know, the care. end user is never going to know. We're going to get my dad on the podcast yeah. next week, yeah. and uh, we'll ask him that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another way in which they, these frameworks look differently at it, and you have to make you have to say what is meets, meets my aesthetic. How do I think about this? And the problem is, how should a, the component class talk to the to the HTML to the te- which is usually represented as a template. How yep. should they talk? And if you come from, uh, say, uh, uh, Dan, you were alluding to this earlier, um, uh, say a Java or C sharp uh, background, you're used to having the class template relationship be sort of a some kind of binding, like model view view mm-hmm. model or some or MVC or something. That's that's the metaphor that's in your head, and that's the way you kind of think they should talk. Well, if that's the way you think they should talk, that's what's inscribed in your brain, then you're going to find Vue and Angular more accessible to you, whereas React uh, has a different vision of how you, um, the class and the HTML come together. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and, and, if, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not as acquainted with that other perspective, so it's, a, it's harder for my brain to wrap around that. But I know that that other way is very appealing and that MVC, MVVM is, is, uh, is disruptive to, to people who look at it that way. So again, it goes back to your team. How are they used to thinking about problems? Which, and that will tell you a little bit about which framework feels more uh, familiar even if you've never seen it. Well, and and to tag on that, as I completely agree, Ward, um, you know, something with React that you could say that is more consistent, actually, is everything's a component. Yeah. And whereas, you know, in Angular and Vue, you can have different offshoots that you can do. Um, now, Vue, I would say, is a little more simplified in how you can do it. Like, I think it's easier to get started that way. Whereas, you know, Angular, not only do you have the classes you mentioned, but you have the template that then renders it's kind of a DSL, uh, domain-specific language, if you will. Um, and, you know, you can have modules, you can have services, and that, that's where there's, like, all these Lego blocks you have to learn. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. challenge, I think, of, of Angular, is once you know how the Lego blocks go together, just like a real Lego set, like take a Star Wars Lego set, you know, once you build it one time, you're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. It's not bad now, which is how I think of Angular and how you guys think of Angular. Whereas when you're new to it, it feels like, oh, my gosh, it's like building a freaking Death Star. You know, it's like 3,000 pieces or whatever that one has. Yep, sure. Whereas React is very consistent on its, you know, component, component, component for the most part. You know, even your uh, your context, for example. Context is like a component. And it's, a, it's like a component, yeah. So I want to talk about uh, some of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm at heart a core, an Angular developer. That's what I've been doing for, for many years. And I've been doing Vue for about two years now and React for just under a year. So just putting that out there so people get the context of where I'm coming from. There are things that I've learned in Vue and React that I feel have made me a better Angular developer. They've given me more context around things. And I appreciate all three frameworks for the experience where I've created these different apps. And I know by no means know everything about all these three frameworks. But I want to point out a couple of these. One of them was to piggyback off the routing we talked about. In Angular, if you want to pass from one component to another a value, we use things called inputs. They're called props in React and Vue. So it's pretty much synonymous if you want to do from a parent to a child in the three. But if you want to also have a component accept a value from a route, there's a different way to get that with Angular. We use route parameters to do that through the router. Now, what if you want that component to be able to work whether it was routed to or it came from a parent component? You then have to worry about, with Angular, do I accept an input 
Or do I accept routing parameters? And do I do if logic in there to handle it? Whereas with view and react, there's ways that you can code it to say, hey, if it came from props, do this. And uh, by the way, the routers can actually pass the parameters for, you know, just to quickly put this through, can take the routing parameters and actually send them through to props, which are the inputs for those components. And I appreciated that. I'm like, you know, this is something that's more painful in Angular. And I started realizing, why have I been doing it the hard way there? You know, maybe there's a way to make Angular do that as well. So that was one of the pieces that I, that I learned. Another one was one that I, I'm not sure Ward and Dan agree on, so I'll toss this up there. But I really enjoy coding in a single file component. And React and Vue both kind of go down this road where the code and the template and the CSS are all in one file. And I really enjoy doing that because I like to keep my code really consolidated and everything about the component in one place. Now, this isn't a functionality thing. This is just a John enjoys it thing. Whereas in Angular, I'm constantly flipping between the CSS file, the, temp the template file, and the TypeScript file. Whereas in React and Vue, I'm not. How do you guys feel about that? Well, for me, that's where VS Code kind of makes that a non-issue. Um, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't really care either way on that as much. Now, what I will say is, Having separate files, I totally agree. It's more to manage um, overall, but one, but at the same time, it's a very distinct pattern. Whereas having one file is obviously easier to manage, and it's a very distinct pattern. But for me, like in VS Code, I'll just do the split um, screen, and I'll, and you keep three files open. Uh, you know, I'm not in my CS my SCSS that much to be honest. So that one I don't typically keep open. I'll just have a separate tab for that one. But for the template and the code. I'll just have them side by side, and I actually think it's, if not more productive, as productive as the single file approach. So I think that comes down to maybe just how you like to do your editor. I'll second that, Dan. And furthermore, in my in the applications I write, the HTML is so voluminous. Goes for I, my HTML voluminous. voluminous. <laughs> You're insidious and voluminous all at the same time. <laughs> you guys are Word. killing me. Word has a very robust. What, what's a better word for robust? Word? <laughs> I'm sesquipedalian. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Word's too smart for his own good. Is the problem here, people? Because he is. He's, he's uh, no, no. It has nothing to do with smart. I've accumulated. No, but you it, are. Uh, he's got that toilet paper that's got the word of the day on it. <laughs> uh, exactly. And I got to use them. I got to use them and lose them. Uh, okay, so I have so many lines in my HTML that uh, it would, you know, my component size would quickly be 600 lines, all right, because there's so much CSS. And, 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 and by the way, to be fair, also Angular, you end up with a lot of extra goop in your HTML, all right, and so it gets the templates get very large. Uh, their forms, you know, and they're asking you have all those input boxes and then you have these uh, wrappers around it that are going to expose or hide some of those questions that are on the form. And, it, it, you know, almost all of my real world components have a lot of HTML. And if I had to have now, that inside quick, the can class, I jump in? Ward? Yeah, do it. Can I play devil's gap advocate on that, though? Because I, I think I think the React and Vue world and some in the Angular world would say, then you need more child components, which does add more complexity, right? But what would you, what, now I'll let you keep going. So what would you say to that? I got, I've got, look, I got first name, last name, birth date, uh, where you live, uh, you know, by, which by the way, will be a component. It's an address component, but I still have to put the tag in there. And uh, your social security, you know, I got like seven of the, or eight of those things on, on a page. All right. I'm not going to make, it does me no good at all. To have a first name component and a last name component does me no good. Why not have an input box component and then you tell it what kind of uh, requirements well, I do. they are? I, uh, well, but I still need to tie, associate it with the changes that I'm making to a person. And there is no added value to me for because the weight of that, the, the visual weight, the number of lines it takes for me to specify each of those elements is like three lines each, you know, or, or really one long thing. Yeah, um, because I got to put all of the little bells and whistles on it. That's true about the first name. And I'm not going to go create a first name one and the birth date one uh, as their own components. I'm just not. And having those in one file causes you pain? No, no, no. I'm saying it, 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 
it's just fast. It's clean. I can see at a glance what this whole thing does. And there it is in the HTML, but it's a lot of HTML. All right. And they've got. So in the same file, you could just minimize it HTML. Yes, I could. But what's the value of having it all in one fit? What's the value of having three? No, I'm not. First of all, as you know, I'm against (laughs) having. <laughs> By the way, we're we're, uh, we're just going back and forth because this is the stuff we hear. I'm, a lot. I'm against I'm against component CSS level CSS for reasons that we we're not going to get into. So, and Ward and I've talked before about how we don't necessarily like how people create subfolders for components in Angular. Where there's a folder that just sticks three files in it, which seems weird. We've heard enough on this. Let's move on to another one because it's okay for us to feel differently. That's part of what this is, and we get into these topics. Uh, we have a couple of topics that we want to get to still, like dependency injection, what does it mean in these? RxJS, do I care? TypeScript, what does it mean for them all? The CLIs, do I care about using them? And, and what's the community support even look like? Ward, where do you want to start? Holy smokes. Um, I'd probably be the most important <laughs> one, which is Angular's commitment to TypeScript. Uh, it's it's not optional, whereas it is optional for Vue and React. and why does that make a difference? Um, for me, the difference because if I was if I'm doing Vue and React, I'm doing TypeScript, no question. Um, but the so why is it a, a difference? I think that it's that if you want to share information or share code with other people uh, or get something else in in Vue and React, you're as likely to get something that's in in JavaScript as you are to get something in TypeScript, and so you're going to have to make some kind of adjustment there. It's just not, it, TypeScript isn't that much forward in those communities, at, at least as of the last time I looked. Whereas you just know it's a given in, in Angular, and that's a cultural thing, uh, and uh, that that may influence your decision. Do you guys agree with that? Well, I do, and people should know that TypeScript is now something that is becoming much more popular with Vue. Um, it's not that you have to use it. There's going to be options one way or the other. And TypeScript three, sorry, uh, Vue three is being written with TypeScript, which is going to make using TypeScript with the Vue version three uh, so much better. And even if you don't use TypeScript with version three of Vue, you'll be able to use JavaScript but still get a lot of the type definitions and the tooling because of the way they're building it. Uh, React, I'm told from I haven't done TypeScript with React, but some of my friends Brian Holt and who was actually in our first episode, we should get him back on. Uh, that a lot of people are starting to use TypeScript with React as well. So it's interesting how React was kind of a, I don't know, this thing nobody wanted to talk about in the other JavaScript world outside of Angular for a while, but uh, it's become much more mainstream. Yeah, for me, uh, over the last five years or so, um, company-wise, we actually have not done any project. This goes back to even, we even had a jQuery project back then believe it or not, um, because sometimes you do what the client says. And uh, it's kind of a no-brainer for people I work with that I contract with or that work with me directly because they all, first off, are pretty used to types and languages. Um, So we did an episode earlier and uh, talked about this where uh, the person that was on talked talked us through kind of how they bring people up to speed as they are either new hires or switch teams. And it was pretty interesting to hear the, the stories because, you know, you, there's this fear factor, I think, that comes in with moving to something like TypeScript. But my favorite feature of TypeScript is just the fact that you can use as little of it as you want or as much of it as you want. And you can eject at any time by simply just compiling to JavaScript and walking away from TypeScript. Exactly. There's, there is no downside in trying it out and we've had extremely good success company-wise. And uh, I think, Ward, you were on that episode with me. We were, I won't go back through it. But nutshell for me is TypeScript's kind of a, like if somebody now comes to me and says, I want to use just pure ES2015, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But for my group, no. Uh, we do TypeScript for everything. So what about RxJS? I mean, it feels like Angular's like, yeah, to use Angular, I got to learn TypeScript. I got to learn RxJS. I got to learn... And I don't have to with the Well, and that's a good point. Because <laughs> with Angular, you do. There's just more Lego blocks with Angular. I mean, there are. It's. It, I think the best way to say it is if Ward was into woodworking, do you do woodworking, Ward? Not anymore. I, I lost all my fingers, so I... Ah, well, okay. Minor detail. That was a gross point. But anyway, um, 
you walk into the tool shed, it's like having all the tools you can think of are available, and that's kind of Angular. Whereas React, you walk in, and there's a subset of tools that are very powerful, but if you need more specialized tools, you get to go pick what you want. So you run off to you know Home Depot or Lowe's or one of these hardware-type stores. And uh, same could be said for Vue. I think Vue's kind of in the middle of those two. Um, but I think that's one of those, it goes back to what you guys said, it's those cultural things of, do you want to walk into the tool shed that has everything, or do you just want a really small subset and you get to choose the other tools? And as cool as RxJS is to me, honestly, I just don't miss it a lot. Even in Angular sometimes, it's not like the first thing I'm thinking is, how can I use RxJS with this code? And I feel like maybe I'm different like that because there are developers who it seems are doing that. I have I have invested so much time in learning to use RxJS in practice and still feel inept so often that it is that it uh, that and and then I watch what it does to other developers the the way they screw themselves up trying to make RxJS work for them that I um I have a love hate relationship with it and. So if you uh, here's the thing though in Angular in my belief you can get away with knowing very little RxJS and hardly use it at all. The problem is that yes. people are going to lure you into thinking that you have to use it. Uh, they're going to find ways to make you feel bad about yourself if you're not using it. And if those voices are calling to you, they will disrupt your sleep and suddenly you will get lost. I'm one of those voices that is always drawing you into RxJS. Like, oh, come on over. It's going to be fine. And then I ruin your life. So watch out for me. <laughs> uh, but the fa- So the fact is that you don't actually need RxJS hardly at all in Angular, but it's almost unavoidable because everybody's talking about it. What about JSX? How do you guys feel about JSX or I'm, TSX? Uh, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. Um, I don't know. I I think part of it comes from you mentioned earlier, one of you, about how, you know, if you have a background in like MVVM and data binding frameworks or MVC or something like that, you're kind of used to a certain way to do things. And one of those ways is you're not putting your kind of your rendering technology in the code. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of cool how it's really easy, especially if you have some of the VS Code plugins installed, you can get instant feedback yeah. on when you screwed something up. Now, in all fairness to Angular, you can do that too because there's the, uh, what is it, the Angular Language Service plugin. But at the same time, yeah. there's absolutely something to be said about, you know, I don't have to write like, I don't know, an extra test or whatever to catch a scenario that JSX might just catch natively, you know, for me. I'll admit when I started diving into JSX, I thought I was going to hate it. And I'd say after two days of doing it, only two days, I was okay with it. It's not that I preferred over straight up templates like you can do with Vue and uh, Angular, but the JSX I can write in both Vue, by the way, and in React, I had no problem with it. And yeah, it's easy. It wasn't hard to learn. So to me, it was just six of one, half dozen the other, and it, it back, gets back down to the cultural difference of just choose your own adventure the way you want now, to do it. The only thing, John, I don't like there, and I'd be interested to hear your opinion and Ward, is um, I do like having a directive. Um, you know, like ng4, for example, um, or the equivalent, you know, in view, to do that instead of like a map call. Because in JSX, typically you're going to do a map. Like an array function map, yeah. Yeah, and to me, that's just felt messy. Um, and that's the one thing I haven't really come to grips with or accepted yet. Maybe I just need counseling. But Will you do uh, a lot for counseling after the episode? <laughs> right. <laughs> But other than that, I'm with you. It's super easy to learn. You get instant feedback when you screw up, which I think there's total value in that. Um, so I think it, again, comes down to if you haven't tried these different flavors, it's kind of hard to know what you like, you know, yeah. if you are new to that it. That hasn't bothered me, but I'll tell you my favorite thing and least favorite thing about React. Uh, and these are kind of weird, niche things, but, uh, you know, it's me. So my opinions. We're being opinionated here. My favorite thing about React is the way that you can create a component in one line of code. I can create a, a constant or a function, whatever I want, create quickly a little bit of a component and just go ahead and render something quickly. And by doing that, there's a lot of little components in apps. When I build large apps, you end up with a lot of little tiny components. And to create the same thing in Angular, 
which I've done, just just more ceremony. So I didn't need to have to do all that. So my favorite thing there was just how simple little components can be with React. My least favorite thing in React is on a completely different topic. It's the idea that unlike Vue and Angular, which help you so much with the build process after you generate an app, because uh, you've got these great CLI tools that will not only help you build it, but they'll also you know work in all these different features and let you customize it. With React, you can do that, but I don't feel like it's nearly as uh, standard to go down that road with React. Like it was less helpful for me to extend my build and do some really powerful um, performance optimizations with it. What about Vue for you guys? We haven't talked too much about Vue. We've gone from Angular to React. Do you feel like, where do you think Vue fits? It feels like this strange stepchild between the two. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, you know, to me, I, in a way, uh, it's what, you know, I, I know why Angular made the decision they made because first off, one thing to keep in mind is with React, you have, you know, Facebook using it. And with Angular, you have tons of app inside of Google using it. So your primary feedback is direct from the actual people within your company. So that, you know, really affects your direction. View to me is if AngularJS would have said, let's keep it like the old 1X, but let's add all the modern bells and whistles, but keep it simple. Because AngularJS was pretty simple overall. Because like you said, you had a script tag, which you can do with uh, View. That's the part I love about View is it's super easy to get started. Um, there's only just a handful of things you got to know for like data binding. You know what I really love is uh, that the View X that's built in for your or it's, you know, it's an external option, yep. but it's kind of part of it, um, that you can add that in. And Vuex, to me, is so much cleaner than what I've, you know, seen or done in some of the other options out there. Yeah, because you got Redux or you got NGRX with uh, Angular and React. Yep. Well, and that's, you know, just quick open source plug, I guess. That's why I created that observable store library, because I had this one, it's actually been three companies now, but at the time it was one, and they needed a way to share state across all three environments uh, with not share the state, but share the same code base. And there's just there's no way to do that because you know Vue as Vuex, um, React is some form of Redux, and then Angular is typically NGRX. Um, you know, there's other a lot of other options there too. And so you know, I made this really simple way to do it called Observable Store. But anyway, my point is I love how Vuex uh, works because it's just very simple to to grok right out of the box, I think. So guys, let's end this episode on a slightly different note. We usually do someone to follow to wrap up the episode. But today, what I'd like to do is first let folks know, we're going to talk about this topic in the future as well, because there's so much to dive into. And this is more of a high level across the three. Uh, we'll dive into specific topics, for example, maybe even touch uh, state management uh, across the three in one. But let's end today's episode by giving our final words on what we feel advice should be for everybody. And let me start with you, Ward. If you don't know, find somebody that you do know to guide <laughs> you through it. I think learning that, I, I think trying to figure any one of any of these three out all by yourself is, a, is the only wrong move you can make. Um, you, you, you know, find some, find somebody to help you get going and doing it um, in a consistent way. Somebody who's been there. Before. That's great advice. Dan, uh, what's your final thoughts? Well, I totally agree with what Ward said is it really helps to have that kind of backing expertise, if you will, or go find a good, whether it's a video course or a blog, you know, post on the ins and outs. But I'll go back to what I said earlier of take some time to, once you've maybe found that source, build just a really simple prototype. I mean, it could be a, you know, hello world just to see how to get started in all three or four or five or whatever it is you're evaluating since we've only focused on those, you know, kind of big three. Because I already said it earlier, so I'll be pretty short here. But if you haven't taken the time to actually see what your code is going to look like, what's the build process? What's the deployment process? You know, how, how's it all work? how the heck can you make a proper decision? So, you know, take the time to build at least a simple prototype uh, for the one you're considering. And building off of what, what you're both saying, I think uh, it's important too that just how quickly you can get started with these is not indication of what it will be like living with it for a couple of years. So 
while I, we all saying try each of them out, we, we're also not naive. We realize that, you know, you're going to try them each for a day, which I absolutely encourage. But what you learn in a day is going to help you get a good feel for them, but it's not going to give you a feel for what problems are you going to hit three months down the road or a year down the road. Yeah. What's it going to be like to live with it? Yeah. Actually, if you were just going to do it in one day, then you're going to pick view. I, I mean, you're just going to because that's the easiest one going. Uh, but but that one, but that shouldn't. That's why I don't think we're doing it. No, it's a piece of the puzzle. No, I think like the prototype, I think could take, it could take a week, who knows, or more. Yep. Yep. It's got to take, it's going to take something though, where the whole team's involved. So, so my final thoughts on this are, I agree with everything that Orton Dana said here at the end with, with their advice. It's really good advice to take on, but here's a quote that I read in a book last year. It's from Terry Brooks who wrote the scar invasion. I like to read a lot of sci-fi fantasy. Life is an education. It is learned mostly through what you discover on your own and not through what others will tell you. So basically, try it yourself. Don't listen to Dan Ward or me. Don't listen to all the people on the internet. Don't listen to your friend in the cube next to you. Take all their input in. Take our input. Yeah, process it. Listen. But make your own decision. It's the only way you're really going to be able to live with the tools that you choose because having somebody else make the decision for you. So asking the question of which one should I use is not the right thing in my opinion. It's you should ask yourself that question. And that's my final thought. <laughs> I like that quote. It's a great quote. I totally agree. So on that note, Hey everybody, thanks for coming. We're going to follow up this with other topics too. We're going to dive into Svelte and some of these other tools down the road. Cause these aren't just the only three frameworks either. But Dan and Ward and I really wanted to get this out to you all, and hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have questions, follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you every Tuesday at Real Talk JavaScript. Thanks for listening to Real Talk JavaScript. This show and all of our shows are available at www.realtalkjs.com with links and notes. John and Ward would love to hear what you think, especially about potential guests and topics for future shows. Follow and send them a message on Twitter at RealTalkJS. 